Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the In-Between Podcast. It's your boy Femi Daniel, and I remain the host and your favorite zero entrepreneur. On this episode, I know I've taken a while to release my episodes, and, you know, there's just a lot going on, and we've been tying everything together, but we're back. And on this episode, to relaunch, I have one of my very good friends, Soraya, and man, you guys are about to love this episode because Soraya is just amazing, awesome. Like we just met a couple months ago and, you know, we, our relationship grew very fast because of just how awesome she is and how much she's killing the real estate game. I mean, she's taking out multifamilies, single families, she's raising money, she's, she's picking to cash buyers and everything and she's really controlling the space in Cleveland. If you've not known about Soraya, well, you're about to know her. So Soraya... I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the audience and tell these people about you. All right. Thanks for having me, Femi. Our friendship did escalate pretty quickly <laughs> because I, we haven't really known each other that long. But, you know, you see that once once you're bringing people, because we bring each other huge value. Right. And it just lets you know that time means nothing. So definitely glad that I met you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) My name is Soraya. Like Femi said, I am from uh, originally from Somalia. So I haven't actually been in the States for long. I've only been here now for, wow, exactly 10 years. I came in 2012. Wow. So (laughs) I've been here for 10 years now. Um, Prior to that, I lived in the UK for about five years. And uh, prior to that, I was in Somalia. I came to the States, like typical African household. What do they tell us? Doctor? Lawyer, engineer, or you a failure? Big five. Those are the big three or nothing else. (laughs) So I listened as a good daughter should. (laughs) And I chose the medical side. When we came to the States, we moved to San Diego. That's where we live. Mm -hmm. So I did my undergrad in San Diego. Wow. And um, I did my undergrad in biochem, uh, pre-med. And yeah, I have a useless degree in biochem. (laughs) That, that I'm not using at all. So once I finished that, I got accepted into school here in Cleveland. So that's why I originally moved to Cleveland. Cleveland. And this is in 2017. Wow. Yes. Okay. So two years into it, I really started to get huge clarity because I started to notice that this is really something that I am pursuing to make my parents happy. And I wanted to be a cardiologist. And that is such a high stress job, like you're dealing with terminally ill patients, you are dealing with really um, stressful things. And it just didn't align with who I am as my in my personality. And when I started to go through clinicals and just starting to, I liked the education part of it. But once I started to actually be in it and go to the hospitals and actually do the, the, the work, like this is really depressing where you're able to tell a patient that they're going to live and you fix the the problem that's awesome but then there's a lot of times where your people die um people can't do certain things for people that things are inoperable and and i was like that's my name is happiness so once i started to really realize i was like wow this is not something i want to do at all and even when you're done with medical school you still have to do residency that's five years you got to do a fellowship. That's another year. Then you become an attending. It's such a, a long process. So anyway, I found the courage to tell my mom. Actually, I waited six months to tell her. <laughs> of course. I told her though. Yeah, her though. So that's like, that's crazy. You had um, done your undergrad in the medical field. Did already like two years. Already had this whole life. I was almost done. I was like, I, right now I could go back and finish. Like I was almost done. So. As you Man. can see, the frustration. You take the it, news you know, when you finally broke it to her. Oh, my goodness. She was not happy. Honestly, uh, I don't have any children, but if I did, that's a really, it, it doesn't make any sense to do. Especially since it's not like I quit it from real estate. I didn't know real estate at the time. So I'm telling her like, hey, I have two years left. I invested all this time, all this money into education. I'm almost at the finish line. All right, mom, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, <laughs> and what's your plan? I'm not sure what my plan is, but I'll figure it out. Like, any man, would you be were one of the about. figure it out ones, man. At least for me, I knew that's what I was going to go pursue. So I can't even imagine what it was that felt like for you. I, I know I can take risks like that, but it, it didn't happen that way for me. If that, I'm yeah. glad it didn't happen that way for me. I knew 
when I was dropping out of school that I was going to go into the real estate field. I know mm-hmm. when, I didn't know how, I didn't know what would lead me there, but I just knew that's what I want to be doing. And Forex too at that time. So I was pretty into that Forex shit too. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I did the whole big four. But for you, was it that kind of thing? Was it that while in school, were you having hints that, okay, I want to try this entrepreneurship thing? No, I, so I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I just didn't know in what form. Originally, my plan was even when I wanted to be a doctor, I wanted to open practices. So I always had that mentality when I was in undergrad because my undergrad took so much time and effort and it was hard. It was a lot of sciences and maths. I doing consulting for home health agencies. Because I knew a lot about that and I started making money. So a lot of my student loans were not that bad at all. Once I, once I decided to quit, I only had 80K left, which is very uh, small amount. Because if you ask any med student how much they're in debt for student loans, they're going to tell you hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I I, I did get a scholarship as well that I got a full ride. But for my graduate program, the consulting paid for those funds that I saved. So Uh, that's like. You, you weren't even just like going through school, like you were actually like passing in school, like really like doing this shit, trying to be a doctor for real. Well, like, you, you have to be like, you can't really, you in that field, you fall behind very quickly. Mm. You fall behind very quickly. So there's a lot of times where people like just looked at me and they're like, hey, are you in the wrong department? Whoa. And they don't beat me any hard, but they're just like, are you lost? I'm like, no, I'm my class man that's crazy for me i thought i was gonna do tech and i tried that mm-hmm. coding stuff and i'm like am i going to be typing computer like all day 24 7 like that shit scared me it was so scary for me and for you as him you started feeling like it didn't match your type of a person and that was mm-hmm. that was something for me too it was just like okay i have to do what everybody else is saying i don't feel like i'm in control of my own life that's what it just felt like for me. And for you, it was just like, it doesn't match your vibe. Like you're a happy person and you want to be less stressed, make your money, be a boss. And instead you're dealing with that. So. And ultimately, ultimately freedom, because I, my, my goal is to eventually be a mo- mother and, and, and have kids and, and be married, being a cardiologist and working 16, 18 hour days, being on call. How can I also be a good mom and a good wife? It's obviously still very possible. And I believe as women, we can all have what we want. We can have everything we want, but sometimes you can't have it at the same time. And you have to realize that. Big fact. (laughs) Yes. And I realized that. I'm like, okay, do I want to, because of course I would have made a lot. That's a high earning job. Do I want to sacrifice that for a family? And to me, the family is more important. So you're a family woman. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. See, for me that knows Soraya, you guys, for me, I know Soraya and I know how hard she goes in her business. It's very <laughs> hard for you to believe like she's also like a, a family woman and eventually wants to settle down because, man, she's a, she's aggressive with it. Like she's, she's <laughs> just going hard at everything and it's, it's nice to see. There's only one more person that I know that goes hard like that and to me, somebody else is like that and that's my girlfriend, like. You, you were able to, I just see, I was like, what the hell? If I sit down for one second, I feel like you guys almost passed me. I was looking like, what the fuck? (laughs) But you know, it's so nice to hear that you're also like family oriented because most women like that are like, I don't need man. I don't need anything. I just want to make money, but that's not what it is about for you. It's like that freedom to be a good wife at the same time. If you really think about it. If I'm a multimillionaire and I don't have anyone to share my life with, what is that worth? Mm. Long term, it doesn't mean anything. And right now, if I was told your whole business is going to be taken away from you, you're not doing any of this, or you'll have a happy marriage and have children. And if I had to pick one, I would pick the family because Mm. that's what ultimately really matters. That's 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 very so, nice to hear, man. Before we go forward, this is your first random question. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Actually, I wanted to be a chef. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah I do see you post some fire food. I'm like, what day I'll come to eat in your house? I've been I've been telling <laughs> you that since, but I am coming. You wanted to be a chef. 
I wanted to be a, a, a high level chef because I really love cooking. Back home in Africa, when you're cooking outside, sitting on a stool, <laughs> it, it's a big family. That's when I fell in love with it. My first bird, I still, it's still on me. It's very faint now. Um, but it is, it's on my arm and I burned myself cause I was making eggs. I was like nine. And ever since then I got upset. I was like, how do it was, I was oh, embarrassed. How <laughs> would I burn myself? I have to get good at this. Wow. Um, but no, I love cooking and honestly I say it as art. So yeah, it's, like. yeah, it's a way for me to show my artistic side because food is not only about taste, but it's about presentation. I see you dressing up them like. Man, you all need to get on a friend level, bro. You guys are missing out 100%. That's just my opinion. But yeah, so now you dropped out of school. You told your mom. Mom is pissed. Oh. Yes. So I dropped out of school and I, I, I actually was fortunate. I got a, I was doing a part-time at the time, but uh, so I just got a full-time job at working as a recruiter slash HR. Mm -hmm. So in a corporate position. So that's what I was doing. I did that for about two years, two and a half years. Cause I quit my job in May, 2021. So I did that about for about two and a half years. When I've learned, I learned a lot being mm. in the corporate world. I have learned a lot. And honestly, I can genuinely say that I had, I took the skills from medical school. I also mm. took the skills from my corporate world and I combined it and put it into real estate. And it's just. It's been working for you. It just makes, cause it's all about developing systems and processes. Business is about managing relationships it has you can have all the skill that you want you can be amazing at what you can do but if people don't want to work with you you're not going to be successful mm. if you just come from a mind frame of i want to bring so-and-so value and i met you i wanted to bring you value you wanted to bring me value then it works that's yeah. building a relationship that's all it's really about it's not really difficult you just have to put the effort into it Mic drop. <laughs> I know what to say, man. Like that's that's not the mic drop. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, just caught me off guard. I had no response for that. That's just the perfect way to phrase it because I'm quickly realizing it now. Doing all this stuff, raising money here. You're trying to build a relationship with your freaking contractors, your wholesalers. You got a network. You have to source deals, and then you want to yeah. make sure you're not the asshole of the community where you just lingering people's deals or not responding fast on all of those kind of stuff. Like, it's just nice just seeing that I'm understanding it more. And it's great to know you've had that from the beginning and you already came into business with that mindset. Okay. I'm going to have to do this kind of stuff. Boom. You are doing, um, your recruiting job, yes. which now is making sense that you're doing what you're doing now. Yeah. Do you see, do you get it? Do you get it? Oh, that's, that's fire. You get it? You yeah. get it? You have to take all your life lessons. You get me? I put everything together Absolutely. And turn it into a business. Honestly, like it was when I was in the corporate, I was good at it. I, I saw that I was good at it. I was like, okay. So once you started to, to see that you're like, okay, so this is all of these things are easily translatable to any field, right? Because of course I didn't know what VAs were. I didn't even know about real estate. I didn't know, I didn't know any of this would happen, but whatever background you come from, Use those skills. You went through those experiences for a reason, even if it was a bad experience. You use those experiences, apply it to your life now, and it's no reason why you won't win. Is it no reason? The only way is if you don't put the effort into it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So I was in the corporate job. A friend gave me a book to read about wholesaling. He was like, "Hey, read it. It's. I think you'd be good at this." And I was so. Like, I, I didn't really know what it was. If you can, Wholesale After This by Todd Fleming. Mm, I'll check it out. Yeah, check if that out. So, wholesale. if you can't, Wholesale After This. Yep. So, I read that book, and once I read it, I finally sat down one, one weekend, and I read it. And I was like, okay, this is intriguing. Oh, the fact that I can make money without really having to put money into anything. This is interesting. So I started to research more about wholesaling. I joined a mentorship, actually. So I read the book in a weekend. That Monday, I believe, or Tuesday, I joined the mentorship. Whose mentorship did you join that quick? <laughs> the, the, it, it's his book. Oh. Yeah, it's called Axiom. Yep. Yeah, that's the mentorship I joined. I started to learn about wholesaling. And this is now August 2020, okay, is when I joined. And 
I joined the mentorship and I'll, I'll be quite honest, I really didn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I learned all the information, but I didn't implement any of it. And at the time I was catering on the weekends and I was still at my full-time job and I was powerlifting. So this time I'm actually like competing. So like that took a lot out of me. Um, you were like five different people in one, bro. I'm like, what the <laughs> I know these are random. I know it's so random. I'm a random individual, but hey, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's so, I, yeah. So I, I was powerlifting. I was like, just really busy. I didn't take it seriously. 2020. I was like, you know what? I paid money for this. I, let me do this. I implemented the things and I got my first deal in the, my first month. After that, it was over. Cause you just got to mm-hmm. show me one time that it works. That's all I need. So what did you do when you started? Were you, um, for you, okay. I'll, first of all, I'll, I'll say, first of all, explain what wholesaling is to you. Cause I feel like a lot of wholesalers sometimes mistranslated. I feel your partner, Jeff gave like a very beautiful explanation about what wholesaling is yesterday. So I also want to hear your own side of view. What is wholesaling? Like what is wholesaling to you? If, if, if somebody asks me, what are, who are wholesalers? What is wholesaling? I would say the ability to solve problems and get compensated for it. So yeah. Wholesaling, okay, you're solving problems and then what actually happens in the process? How do you get paid? So just starting from the very beginning for somebody who doesn't know anything at all, I'm just going to speak very, um, very simple. What you're doing is you are finding off-market properties because you're not a realtor. You're finding mm-hmm. off-market properties. So sellers who are motivated, to give you examples, people who are going through pre-foreclosures, people who are going through probate process. And for those who don't know what probate is, essentially when a family member dies and you're going through the courts to inherit a property, but they didn't put anything in the will. Mm. So you're going through that. There's a lot of, maybe it's a vacant property that has been abandoned just, or maybe you have tax liens and they can't pay. There's a lot of reasons why a seller would be motivated. So what we do is we market to those sellers. Your marketing can cold calling. It can be texting. It can be mailers. It doesn't matter what your marketing um, tool is. It doesn't matter. To market to those sellers, you go through the flow, you uh, talk to the seller, you go do the walkthrough, you get them um, under contract. So you sign a contract with them. So now, since you did the first portion, what you will do is, because obviously you can't buy this property, you assign it to an end buyer, which is usually an investor. Now, why would they buy it? Because you are bringing them a discounted property right? This is not something that's on the MLS. So this is the value you're bringing to the buyer. And what value are you bringing to the seller? You are solving the problem. So it's a win-win situation. And for your efforts, you charge a wholesale fee and that's how you get paid out once it closes. And is, is it a seller that's Simple paying enough, the wholesale fee or the buyer that's paying the wholesale fee? It's the buyer that's paying the wholesale fee. That's it. You guys, if you got any property, maybe you inherited it from your parents, you, I don't know, you fell upon it, <laughs> got transferred into your name by mistake, you don't want it anymore, yeah. or there's some difficult situation and you really need to get that cash really quick, hit up Soraya. If you hit me up, I would definitely love to speak with you, but I think I'm slowly redrawing from that process. I just want the deals to come to my table, but of course, I have people I work with. I, I would definitely be willing to work with you too. Hit up any one of us. We, your property will get sold. Either for me, either I'm going to buy it, but for Soraya, trust me, she knows hella people that are going to be buying it. And very soon for herself too. If there's a deal there, we'll let you know up front, buy the property, solve your problem. But first of all, when you were still working the Nights Fives, were there any other options yes. that you were looking at in entrepreneurship or when that guy brought the book, that was the first time your mind went, oh, I can actually So I actually wanted to, I, I actually wanted to be a realtor. I was like, hmm, maybe I can, I was like, this is something I can do. It's a low cost of entry to get your license. I was like, okay, I can do this. And I didn't have any passion for real estate. I didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't even know, guys, I didn't even know what equity meant. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I don't. I was like, what's equity? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I mean, but if you didn't know it, somebody out there might not know it. So as you've mentioned that big word now, help us explain it. What is equity? Uh, I, I still don't know what equity is. Yo, I'm weak. You guys, nobody does. She knows what she's talking about. But let's, equity is like that value that's left up in your house. So let's pay you buy a house. It's worth 100000 
usually your mortgage would never be more than around 75 to 80, 80% is more so for investors. So more than likely you'd be getting 75%, except this is your first time home buyer. They have a program where you can put just 3% or 5% down. And then that little space of money that you're putting down and investing into the property, that becomes your equity. And as you're paying down your mortgage, your equity builds up. So that's the amount of money that's left in your property without um, any debts or anything attached to it. I hope that made sense. If it doesn't, go and check on YouTube. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead. You didn't even know, you didn't know nothing about nothing. You wanted to actually be a realtor. Yeah, I, I wanted to originally be a realtor. Then when I saw this, I said, okay, this, this sounds more appealing. Even though it was the unsafer route, the, the more safer route would have been the realtor side. Why so. you feel so? Because as a realtor, it's something that wholesaling hasn't really been fully accepted as a actual profession, yeah. right? If you think about it. That's so right. when you think of real estate, you always think of either people who are investors or people who are realtors. You don't really think about anything else. Right. So when I say it was a safer route, that's so I was like, oh, okay, I can't it's be an investor because I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So let me be a realtor or an Man. agent where depending on what state you're at. So what situation were you in financially or just your overall life? What, what stage would you say you were in at that point where you found wholesale? Was it the way you were comfortable? You could have stayed at your nine to five job and you just wanted more. Or was it a situation where you knew like something, you know, I need to get the fuck out of here and just try something else. So my salary at my corporate job was 65 K. Um, so it was all right. Right. And I mean, it's. It's the norm. Then yeah. I don't have any children, so it's just me. And I'm catering on the weekends. Um, okay. And I'm, I was getting about 4K a week, uh, weekend per weekend. And I was booked out every, almost every weekend. So I no. was doing okay. No, you it wasn't. Stacking bread. What are you talking about? This girl is making what? 65 divided by 12. That's what. She's making around 5,400 roughly from a job per month. More Plus, like four because single people are taxed. Taxed, yeah. So <laughs> tax, let's say more like four. She's making around four K a month. Plus, plus I was making about, K. yeah, I was making about seven Ooh. to eight K a month. Okay, a yeah. month from the catering side. Together. Oh, total all together. In the beginning, about... yeah. And then when I started to get four K every weekend, then yeah. You, you started starting. See, so I'm talking about this guy's been seeing money. That's why, man, she will find you good deals. It's it. pay for them good deals. No, but, but that was great and everything. But yeah. I was working so much. Mm. Didn't bring me fulfillment. And I enjoy cooking as a hobby. So once I started to, it became work. So I started to not enjoy cooking anymore. Because I'm cooking for about, it was my max was 25 people out of my apartment by myself. <laughs> So as you can see, in addition to making my seller calls, in addition to working my nine to five, in addition to training heavy for these powerlifting meets. So it's, it, I was always on. working. Yeah, I was always busy. Man. So it became, it didn't make any know, sense. African, I don't know if it's African food. You cook some also like fancy, you know, food from anywhere. You, I, I've seen you've thrown down like different things. But I don't know if you were doing a lot of African food, but man, I could have imagined it how crazy that would have been like those food are stressful to even cook it takes so much time and yeah it takes it's very time consuming so like the night before i would be prepping yeah. so it's it was just i was getting burned out i was getting i was like there i know there's a smarter way to make money and this is not the way once i started to like and that's what really appealed me towards wholesaling so i wasn't in like financial pain per se mm -hmm. but i was in pain because I was exchanging my time for money. You never want to do that because it's not scalable. That's true. You have a cap on how much hour you can work in a day. Even if it pays $2 million an hour, you'll cap yeah. at a certain amount of hours that you can work every day on that particular thing. And once you reach that cap, it's like you stop progressing and you just start coasting. And in life, it's better you even go down or you go up. <laughs> But just coasting, for me, that's terrible in life. I hate being stagnant, not seeing anything like moving forward, not seeing anything going on in my life. It just makes me bored. That's why I'm very high risk, I think. That way I'll just go, let's go try something else new. So it's it's very good that you started, you started realizing that. And wait, let me ask you, during this time, are you more introverted or 
extroverted or which one do you even consider yourself? That's a good question. I'm more extroverted than I am introverted. Being raised in an African household, there's so many kids and, and it's so loud and you don't have privacy. I enjoy being by myself. Mm. So I, I genuinely enjoy just chilling at home and having me time. So I guess I'm a combination of both, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like a hundred percent introvert at all. Cause I'm not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, That's good though. Yeah. If I would be able to glare that they don't matter if you're introverted, extroverted, mix of both, more of less. Like there's something out there for you that you can do and you just need to go find it and just align yourself with it. So boom, started wholesaling. When was your first, you say you got your first hold it in the first month. You and Jeff, man, you guys both wanted to be realtors. You guys both got your first deal so fast, but they've been going crazy. And it's, it's funny because I was telling Jeff yesterday around the time he started, was around the time like I was just getting out because I felt like, yo, this stuff is, it's not working anymore. There are no deals in Cleveland. And it's yeah. just like, it just shows you, fate will lead you in the right direction. Cause if I, I feel like if I was still doing that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be thinking as big as I'm thinking now in terms of all the things I wanted to do. I'm happy for it, but I also hated that period. Cause man, that was more than one of the most depressing times of my life. Cause yeah. I just given everything all in into real estate quit school, quit working, quit doing anything else I was doing on the side. I was like, okay, let me try and go with this thing head on. And I'm like, what the hell? How do I even go back? Cause I've had a taste of this thing now where I'm in control of my own time. I'm doing my own thing. I'm making my own money. And it's, yo, I don't want to go back to that life of doing everything on the side to just survive. I was tired of surviving basically. So yeah. it was just cool to just hear, you got to that point too, where you're just like tired of being burned out every day, working for other people, things that you enjoy doing, they're not much fun to you. And then boom, you found wholesale. So you made your first check. How much was your first check? My first check was 9K. 9K, man. Yep. How, did that, how did that feel? Did it make, did it make any difference to you? Cause you're already making around that much per month. So I'm not making that at once. Mm, okay. Right? I'm not, it's, a, it's not. It's, it was a different feeling because I had a different couple of emotions. Um, it was number one. Wow. I just made 9k just like that. Wow. Just like that. And yes. then it was also, I started to, I, I, my second emotion was also, okay, this really works, right? Like this belief almost like, wow. I know it works because people were, of course I'm on YouTube now I'm invested. So it's like, I know people. It, people are doing deals and it works but when you do your first deal it's different that's, feeling yeah, it's, a, it's a different, different feeling and then my third emotion was how do i make this 100k a month you thought you dreamt big immediately you were like okay <laughs> really? works. why am i shooting for 10k or 15k you're like how do i take this to 100 immediately yeah why have you yeah, always had that kind of mindset or was this like a this just pushed you to the other side where now you're just more daring or you've always been like set higher goals, higher standards for yourself. I always had higher goals and, and that's what came down to the cardiology. I was like, I don't want to be a regular doctor as if there's something wrong with a regular doctor, <laughs> right? Like what's wrong? What are you talking about? But that was my mentality. Like, I don't want to be a regular doctor. I want to be a surgeon. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, that would be a cardio cardiologist. Like it was, it's not, it's. The thing is with that is it's a, it can be a good mentality, but it can also be very detrimental. You don't do it correctly. And though I have big goals, I also know to break up those big goals into small feasible chunks, into small steps, mm -hmm. develop processes and systems to get to that point. So I'm not like, oh, it's not a dreaming. It's not coming from a dreaming mentality. You know oh. what I mean? It's coming from a, okay, this is what I want. Now you backtrack. Okay, if I want to do 100K a month, how many of these 9K deals do I have to do? Bam, yeah. you do the math. Okay, what if I do larger deals? Then I don't have to do as many deals. Yeah. So it's start, you, you just, that was my plan. Like just that, this is my goal. Let's backtrack it and, and let's get to it. And I accomplished it. Wow. So well, what type of deals were you calling when you first started? And then when that hit you, you know what? I'm setting these high goals. I have to switch what I'm targeting. If I want to make 9K, that's cool. You can do this many deals, but you were like, you know what? I want to make it less stressful on myself. I want to close big deals. So what was big deals defined by you? What list, what type of were you calling before? 
and what did you pivot into? Like, how did that whole practice? You were just new. Like, this was like your yeah. first two months. This was my first. So originally, I didn't know big deals would mean multifamilies, ARV singles. I didn't know because I didn't really know what it, 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 that uh, pertained. Right. So for me, I was just thinking of it from, okay, maybe I can charge more for my fees. But the numbers also have to make sense. As a wholesaler, you can't just think about yourself. You have to, it has to be a win-win-win situation. Your buyer has to be happy. Important. You have to be happy. Your seller has to be happy. So just because I have this goal of 100K, does that mean the other two parties should suffer? Yep. That's how greed happens, right? That's mm -hmm. how people don't want to work with you. So I knew I couldn't do that. So I, what I started to, like I said, before I, 100 was like the ultimate goal. But I was like, all right, let me just try to do this again. Mm. It just started from then. That's what I mean by small steps. I didn't just scale and start hiring. No, it's just, let me just do this again. Yeah. And I did it again. And I was like, let me do this again. I did it again. I was like, okay, let me get to um, $100,000 and I'll quit my job. Just total. Mm. So, so I had goals for myself. And now I'm still, so now the catering, all of that is not bothering me because I'm putting that money towards quitting my job of 100K because right. I'm still doing all of it. So then I was like, oh, okay, I could do multifamilies. It makes mm -hmm. more sense. It's a bigger deal. Okay, why don't I start targeting these? I keep saying higher ARB, but people don't know what that is for the people who are not in real yeah. estate. Higher class neighborhoods, properties that are worth more. Mm -hmm. So once I started to shift my mind frame, okay. Now one deal is bringing in 74K, one deal, another deal is bringing in 110K and, or whatever the amounts are. Okay. This is now the way to go. And that, then I stuck to that. I quit my job, um, April 30th of 2021. It was my last day. That was my birthday gift to myself because my birthday's in May. And how did that feel like, man? Like when, how did that feel like yeah. when you, on your own now made a hundred thousand dollars for yourself because that's like a big accomplishment i, for, I didn't know i didn't like, reach the goal of a hundred oh you didn't even wait till you no i didn't reach it <laughs> yeah, what point were you at what point you said, were you i was at, at 67 wow. i was at 67 but even yeah, though that's such a high number for how many months were you now in business four months four months in four months you made sixty-seven thousand. That was like your whole year's salary. You made it in less than half the year. So I can imagine what kind of feeling. That would have just been like, come on now. I have my whole salary for the whole year. So you might as well just take that shot yourself for the whole one year and see what it turns out, which that's what a lot of people like. When you let a lot of people say in your entrepreneurship is, I'm not saying just immediately quit your job and just go do whatever you want to do. You have to plan in. For me, I'm slightly more high risk, so do not, don't even follow it. Anytime I'm talking to some of my cousins, I, so I get so scared because I'm like, don't do anything I've done because it doesn't make sense. Like, so let's dive deeper into that, actually, because you keep saying high risk. Man. Um, I, I think you're not, I, I think the correct word is I think you're taking calculated risks. Mm. Right. That some people may look at it as, oh, this is a little reckless. But at the same time, are those people not usually the people who succeed because pe they're willing to do the work that others are not? You see, right? I never so that way. If it's high risk, like right now, because you're not a dumb guy, you're not doing something because high risk to me means something that, okay, this is, I have a 5% of chance of this succeeding. True. Right. That's not, that's recklessness. So what you're doing is you're doing calculated risks that can be fearful for a lot of people because there's, it removes the safety net. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. So I'm going to need you to correct that, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I was taking <laughs> very calculated risks. There you go. I was yes. calculated risk in life. I was looking at my, I was just placing bets on myself. When it comes to bet between life and myself, I always bet on myself. Like I'll outwork life. So. It didn't matter to me. Okay. If I hit it down bad again, I know, okay, you're going to sulk for like a couple of days. Okay. And then you're going to bounce back and you're going to pick up the next thing and you keep moving. And I think that's like what she said. Once you set a goal like that for yourself, when you start larger goals, you just have to, the only thing you have to do next is just to switch your mindset and just understand, yo, you're going to have to work extra hard for this. And once you become okay with that fact, then you know what? I will put in the work to achieve this in the time frame that I want to achieve it. 
trust me, everything else start falling in place. That's how you build out your life. So you said I'm 100K by 60 something K. You said, you know what, this job, I moved to the side. Were you still doing the other things though? Yeah, I was still doing everything. So the reason why I weighed, I cut it short and I was saying, well, I'm just going to quit is because I saw that the other things that I was doing was taking away from time I could have been putting into real life. I was like, okay, just this, it was more of a, it was more of a, like a, this is just, this doesn't make any sense anymore. This Mm. is holding me back more than it's helping me. Cause originally it was safety net. Like I need this. I don't know when my next deal is going to be. I don't like, no, like things can go. Cause in the wholesale process, a lot of things can go wrong. And as a wholesaler, it's honestly a very, it's, it can honestly be very emotional because it's a roller coaster, right? Yeah. You're at closing day if sellers, I don't want to sign or buyer just goes MIA or two weeks before <laughs> buyer tells you funding didn't come through. There's so many things that can happen. So many Man. things. And trust so, me, like it's, it, nobody wants any of this to happen more than half the time. It's just, you just find yourself in that situation. You're just like, oh my God, this is one of them. That's the only thing you can say to yourself. You get at that point, you get quit and be like, all right, then let's leave it at the title company because it's usually like a substantial amount of money sometimes, or an amount of time and effort has been committed into it. But I feel like the people that easily just quit and leave wholesale deals and leave the seller hanging or leave the buyer hanging are people that they didn't put in enough work. Or they didn't, they didn't set a big portion of profit for themselves. When you have less time commitment and it's not even going to pay out, of course you're going to dump it. If you put in only 10 minutes and you are going to make 1K off of it, you know what, let's just drop this whole deal. I'd rather just go spend my, my, my time on something else. So guys, that just comes back to the same, man. Solve problems, solve big problems, challenge yourself, push yourself in your business. She was just starting out and she decided, you know what, let me go attack multifamilies. There is higher value there. People that are usually buying multifamilies do not have the time to shop around for these deals. So when you put yourself out there and find these deals and bring it through it, in the multifamily space is very different because the way it could be evaluated is just based off of how much value you put back in the property. So they're willing to pay you a good amount of money if you bring it at a well enough price for them that they can still go into it. So that was just a strategic decision. Was there anyone that like told you that was the step or you just found no, that? No, um, no, no, me honestly, I became obsessed about it. Like I became obsessed about learning about real estate. So I did a lot of like just research, YouTube videos. I read a lot of books anyway. So I'd love to read. So I just read more business books. I just started just reading more and learning more because you never stop learning. Yeah. Right. So once I started to see it, then I came across because at that point I've only like wholesaled up to a duplex so triplex and up i didn't know anything about and then you start to get into the okay multifamily sellers are usually investors so now you're not talking to an 80 year old woman who's going through pre-foreclosure you're talking to another investor so you have to tumble down another level and i don't know what what you're talking about about. (laughs) right i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) i was just saying that you have to know what you're talking about i didn't know i just jumped that in when you deal with multifamily Investors, like, these are people that probably, they knew the numbers before they bought this business. So if what you're saying doesn't make sense to them, or yeah. you build a kind of relationship to them where they feel like, you know what, I'll let you have this one. It's either one of those two things. Either it makes perfect sense for them, or they're just like, I can let go of this one. Take it. Because for multifamily sellers, they're not always, but they're usually, majority of the time, investors, right? So usually mm-hmm. their problem is not financial pain. So now you have to get creative on how to solve their problem. Yeah. Because they know what they're talking about. I had a learning curve there. I had to figure it out, but I figured it out um, because the best way to learn is just to do it. Right. Just do it, jump into it. And um, I I could definitely say now multis is my specialty. (laughs) That's nice. That's beautiful to hear, man. Hey, oh, see, shameless plug moment. Hey, let me ask you, how much does your savings account actually offer you? Some of the best savings account would offer you somewhere between 0.1% to 0.5% annually. And inflation alone last year was about 6%. So you lost money and you're still losing money while you let the bank just make a profit off of you. But at OK Capital, we are actively solving problems for everyday people. 
we have various investment opportunities that help people earn passive income with real estate. So why not have your money work for you? It's time for you to take back charge of your finances and put it in the most secured asset in an industry that's created the most millionaires. It's real estate, guys. We find off-market deals every day that fewer people have access to. They're significantly under market value by about 30 to 50%. And we create an opportunity for you to come invest in our projects and make 8 to 12% return on your money annually. Now, if I were you, what would you pick? Would you pick 0.5% or would you pick 12% on your money? What are you waiting for? Invest with OK Capital. You understand? Um, so boom, you start getting into multi-families now. When did you meet your partner? Um, that you partner with now? What was that whole situation like? Are you like somebody that like wanted to do it by yourself or were you always just open? Oh, if I find the right person, I'll work with that person. So actually I, I met Jeff at a networking that I was hosting in August. Okay. So I haven't known Jeff that long. Wow. Right. But so what Originally, I really didn't want to buy because I already, I figured things out. I was like, okay, this is how I want it. I And I was like, somebody else is going to come and disturb that. So I was looking at it from that type of mindset. And I got approached with partnerships. And I always said, mm, no, Jeff, he ambushed me into the partnership. This ambush is what it was, okay? <laughs> what happened? But, I want to hear the story. What, what, what was different? What stood out? So it's really funny because it really doesn't make any sense. So talk about just divine intervention because mm. it doesn't make any sense for me all right i meet him at this networking events a friend evan shout out to evan, My boy evan man. <laughs> you know? yeah we've been speaking now man that guy is cool uh evan is awesome evan and his partner joey they're really awesome if you guys want wholesalers who know what they're doing they they wholesale in cleveland as well but especially akron can definitely yeah. hit them up but so Evan messages me and at the time I haven't even met Evan in person. He says, Hey, I have a friend with me. Can he come to this event? So let me tell you, I was busy. I was driving in the car and I was busy and I saw the text and I just said, yes. But normally the group is only about seven people. I wanted to protect the energy of the group. So if I was sitting down or not busy, I would have probably said, no, don't bring him. I don't know him. Wow. Seriously. <laughs> Did that change things for you or are you still like that? You're very selective. Are you like now more like willing to meet newer people? Because I can't even remember how we met either, but oh yeah, true a day or something. Through, yeah. Yeah, through a day. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's It wasn't really about not wanting to meet new people, but the reason why I looked, the networking event was, I don't want to even say networking. It was an accountability group. That's what it was. So it's not like I didn't want other people to, you know, come because it was more of this is accountability group. So anyway, I just said, yes, he came. I didn't even talk to him. I was just like, hi, nice to meet you. So we didn't even speak that much. Okay. And as I was leaving, I, we exchanged Facebook and that was it. And then on Facebook, we just started slowly messaging just to say stuff. Like I'll post a story about properties. He'll do something. Like, oh, what did you get this for? And just small things like that. And then he was actually going to him, uh, Jeff, Joey, Evan, and I, we go to this monthly networking in Columbus. Oh. So it's once a month. We drive out there together. So they invited me. So it was the first time I had to actually have a chance to talk to Jeff in person and have a long conversation with him. We're driving to Columbus, two-hour drive. So you get to know somebody. And he was just like, hey, I am going to Cancun because he had VAs. He had a big team, about 10 VAs. Wow. So, yeah, he was doing volume. I wasn't doing volume. I was just doing bigger fees. So he was like, hey, I'm going to Cancun. Do you? He was like, what do you think I should do about marketing my campaign? He said, do you think I should pause it while I'm gone because I'm going to be gone for about 10 days? And I was like, no, don't pause it. That's going to slow things down. I was like, I got you. I'll take care of your team. Wow. That was that's like, great. And he was like, okay, we don't even know each other, okay? And, and he, we don't even. It just felt right. I volunteered to take over his whole team of 10. I don't even know what consists of VAs and what they're, I don't know any of this, okay? Mm. Nothing. I know wholesaling. I'm like, how hard could this be? I don't know, maybe because you were very selective in your friendship when you've, when your energy like taps into somebody that might be beneficial to you. I think mm -hmm. you just connect. 
because that's like how we were too when we just met on a days when a day introduced to us. I think we met at Africa. Was that the first time we met there? Yep. We yep. Met that was the first time we, first time we met yep. first to face. And I was just like, oh, this is like somebody cool. Because yeah. for me, why I did really like to network with a lot of people was like for me, when I'm in business, it's, I'm also going to be doing my own thing. So I don't regularly find people that have that merge of like still your lifestyle and what they want. Like for you, like to chill by yourself, cook, have friends over. If you go out to some nice exotic places here and then out that money's entry. But <laughs> yeah. doing all those kind of stuff and it's hard to find people that can balance the both. There are people that are either like all the way party or people that are all the way just business. So yeah. we, I know you're definitely in between. You can't even tell me otherwise. So <laughs> what was it like? Was that somebody that you were... Even after you started managing these people, what would you describe? After, after I managed, well, not even after, during me managing his team is when I realized this is the partnership I, I want. Because Jeff is going to win regardless. He's a very intelligent guy. And right. I believed I was going to be successful regardless. Mm. So I said, partnering up with somebody like this, he brought equal value as me. Because the issue with partnerships, somebody usually brings more value. Whoa. And that's the issue. That's a problem. Right? He brought as equal value as I do. And I 100% believe that Jeff and I can scale at not only a much quicker rate together, but at a much bigger scale. He's mm. a partnership that I didn't know I needed. And I'm very grateful to have him as a partner because he's just, he teaches me every day. He's incredible. Man, that's great to hear, man. That's really yeah. great to hear. <laughs> Wow, I, I really love that. Hopefully that, he's not listening to this because he can't come. Ah, hopefully we're we're about an hour in now, though. Hopefully he you know, uh, he tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he'll still be engaged. This has been a very engaging conversation, and it's just wow to just really like hear your story because it happened so fast, and I've always thought about it. Wow, like you really is. You had the whole journey of somebody's private five year career in one year. Everything was just happening like rapidly, back to back, the ups to downs, everything, and. You challenge yourself and you guys are on the other end. You guys are like crazy big things. It's cool to see. But Randall question, who's your favorite author? My favorite author? And what book? Robert Reed, 48 Laws of Power. What, what did it teach you? What makes it a favorite book? This is going to sound funny, but when I first read that book, not even the whole book, after reading about a chapter, I was like, I feel like I feel evil reading this. Because when you look at the laws of power, what does it say? Never overstep your master. Yeah. Uh, like you just, it's really I, I, couldn't, like, I couldn't go past the first. I, I, I bought it back, but I haven't read the whole book. I stopped around that part. It's like, man, what's this book about? I just feel like, should I be reading this? I don't know. Yeah, because I, I consider myself a nice person. So this book made me feel evil. I was like, whoa, this book is basically telling me to undercut everybody to win it's telling me to be shady to like it was like that's what i saw at the beginning and then i opened it again and i reread it and i was like okay now i just approached it from the mindset of just take the things that are applicable and leave the rest because that's all everything's about you're not going to agree with 100 percent of everything you can pick no. what laws apply to you and apply it within your life which one matches you and I'm so glad you mentioned that because now that gives me the confidence to go pick up that book and pick up really any book that I've read. Once I went through it, I think he's just a great author. Um, mm -hmm. His writing style, I really enjoy. I because I like to rate. So you do everything. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, just for fun, just writing. I'm definitely like gonna write it. a book though. I'll tell you that much. Once I Big do fact. more, once I become just more, once I become successful for real, I'm going to write. Life is a whole movie at once. You can drop ver volume one and drop <laughs> volume two later on where you achieve more success because, man, you're already successful. I feel like it's very hard sometimes as entrepreneurs to sit down sometimes and just clap for yourself and be like, yo, I'm doing this stuff. Like a lot of businesses are set to fail in the first year. A lot of people give up mid their careers and if you are, it doesn't even matter if it's entrepreneurship, no matter what it is, if you've been getting your ass kicked and standing back up, figuring out stuff for yourself, or even with help from different people, you've been going at it consistently, man, you need to clap for yourself. So, ma'am, you're a very successful entrepreneur. You're doing <laughs> great you. things. So you need to just clap for yourself. If you want to write a book, you, there is no better time. It's like, now, what do you do it now? What do you do it later? It's still going to hit the same because 
I'm sure this is very encouraging for a lot of people. Came out from your nine to five job, several stuff going in. You've created a life for yourself by yourself and made all this conscious decision with no prior training. It's not like your, I'm sure your parents were not like this big mogul business family. They like showed you, oh, this is what you do. You had to learn all those lessons for yourself. So kudos to you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I definitely appreciate it. You've always been very supportive. So I appreciate you. No problem. Programmable. I just, I just love to let people know that you're doing good, man. Cause I struggle with that a lot. You've been very supportive, very encouraged. Even from my first, this is who I bought my first deal from, man. She had literally no reason to sell to me. It was like, I'm counting on you moment. Like, yo, bro, you, you, you better buy this shit and do the best at it. And it definitely just set my mind on a different level. Like, yo, it's time, my guy. It's time. Yeah. I, I, I knew you would have done it for me as well. I honestly, I, I wanted you to have it. I could have went with a, because you, anytime you are trying out a new buyer, it's always a little bit of risk because you yeah. don't know if they're going to perform. But I didn't look at you as a buyer alone. Mm. I, I looked at you as a friend and I was like, if I can bring value to him in this way, I, I believe he's going to make it happen. And you made it happen. Made it happen, so, guys. Made it happen. No worry, that was just one other time. When I finish, the boy's working a little bit big things out here. So, <laughs> man, what's the plan now? You're dropping a lot of stuff on your Instagram. You have VA Ventures. And for those who don't know, if you're a wholesaler out there, you're trying, you are, you are considering the idea of hiring your first VA. Don't go and fuck yourself up, man. Reach out to my girl. Let her take care of you. I, you know, I saw the volume of that course and the amount of knowledge. And you got what test? You got mm -hmm. different exams they have to pass. Their certain criteria. VA Ventures is a company Jeff and I started, and our intent behind it was we have we train our VAs in a certain way. We hold certain expectations for our VAs, and we started to see that a lot of people are not doing this. Because when I started to interview VAs, they're like, "What is wholesaling? Imagine you have a VA working for your company full time." calling leads for you and she or he doesn't even know what wholesaling is. That's a big problem. A cold caller not knowing how we make our money. And when you do things like that, what happens? It makes the, why should the VA be committed to you as a company? Right. There is really no investment to do so because they don't know what's going on. You're giving them a script and telling them, just go ahead and then firing them because they're not performing. So. You have to look at yourself as an owner and when your VAs are not performing, you really have to be accountable. Are you training them? Are you giving them the tools that they need to succeed? Is your list bad? It can just be as simple as getting a whole bunch of wrong numbers. Is that the VA's fault that you have a bad list? You had so many factors that go into it and it comes from the people management. It's, it, it, doesn't make any sense to run your operation like that because VAs are the lifeline of the business. Without leads, there's no money. There's no money, man. Always been marketing, always calling, always speaking with new seller, always picking new leads, qualifying them also because it's not just everybody's deals you want to lock up. It's not just right. going to be wasting your time and energy. But there's a lot of process. So don't think this is a, a kind of business where you're just calling people and printing out money. I say printing out money because we're able to perfect the system. We're able to understand what these people need and create a system around it. But there's still a lot that goes into it. We're not in this game to sit down and walk 24-7. Trust me. No, right. I want to be, yeah. be on the beach. I want to go home. <laughs> I want to travel when I want. I want to do things when I want to. And that's what I'm doing this for. So I'm ready to chalk in some years, invest those years to get that bigger payout at the other end. And I'm sure that's what you're doing out there. I, def I, I definitely 100% agree. It's just, it's really important to invest in your VAs. But that's the, wanted to give you guys the original thought of how we created it. And okay. so it's, we, Jeff and I thought of the uh, idea November 28. Actually, I thought about the idea because he wanted to manage the VAs. That was mm. always his plan. But that's a process that takes longer, right? Because you need a full team of VAs and it, it's a much longer process. So I thought about it. I talked to him the next day. He was completely on board and we made it happen. This is, it's only been a month and a half. We're not, the course isn't even sellable and we've already made five figures and it's the 16th of the month. 
You know what I'm saying? So you see, when you when you start making money, it becomes easier to make money. That's what I've always told people. Once you understand how to make money and how to turn things that you're naturally just good at into <laughs> money, you just you have a different understanding of what life is. You're just like, wow, okay, so that's life. I figured out life. And that's why you see a lot of entrepreneurs are constantly pushing themselves at new things because you understand once you understand the system of making money, which they've understood now. It's just, you just make more money. And outside of the money thing, it's now this is a way for them to give back to people that are just starting wholesaling and you want to do, you want to do something like this. You don't have to now, you can just invest that money to buy somebody else's experience. That's the way you get ahead in life. That's yeah. how you invest in yourself. Pay to skip the line. In yeah. school, they make you look, oh, don't cut the line, blah, 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 wherever you've been used to. But like in the real world, yeah. if you want to get ahead and you want to get ahead fast, you have to be able to pay to skip the line. Yeah, I have. Listen, guys, I when I tell you I have perfected the art of cold calling, I was cold calling five hours a day, four months, six days a week, four months. I'm not talking about getting hot leads. I'm talking about cold calling like a VA will cold call. Four That's months, okay? So Hours times six. That's 30 <laughs> hours every week invested into our it's craft. After, in addition I'm to all the four. stuff I was doing. I tell a lot of people, experience, the way I see experience is some people, it might just be two months it takes to gain what they call a professional experience in that craft. So it doesn't necessarily need for somebody to be doing something for 20 years or 10 years for them to become an act expert or something. It just takes them a finite amount of hours to learn all aspects of a particular business and create results for themselves consecutively, consistently. Man, you made life simple for yourself. You understood this craft. You guys put together a very, man, I can't wait for this thing to start selling because if I ever have VAs, they, they got to learn that stuff. So you guys have put together that. And I know Jeff is also pushing his course now for DeFi. I can't wait to see what that looks like too. I should just invest it in my first, like, big mentorship and man that was a hard pill to swallow at first i was like do i really I, want to pay I, somebody I, uh, what's interesting for me is what's interesting is people pay all this money for education but as a matter of fact they see it as a honor right oh my good i'm in college it's like a it's a big thing which it is they do that and get into student loans and debt and all of that willingly but nobody wants to invest X amount of dollars for right. something that's for them. This is your company. It's crazy. <laughs> you look at it that way, it doesn't make any sense. Crazy. Because you're right. It's all, it is an investment. It will, now you have to know yourself. If you know that if you pay for this and you don't do anything with the knowledge, it's a waste of money. But if you fully know that you're going to do it, that money is going to come back to you times a hundred easily. Facts. That's big facts. I don't, I I completely. And it's just obvious. I guess one of my my one of my final questions before we go into the last three rapid fire questions. So for you, did you have a self identity problem at first before you started this whole phase? So if I had a self identity problem once I quit medical school, a hundred percent because I I was working towards something for so many years. And now I just quit. And what do I do? So it was scary. I knew I wanted to be in business. I didn't know at what capacity. You start to, you feel a doubt. Should I go back? Was this the right decision? This is the safer route. Maybe so many people, and then so many people were telling me too, what are you doing? But I moved past it and it wasn't a, a one day thing. It was still going through that phase of being lost in the corporate job because I was not fulfilled there at all. I was like, this is not something I want to do. <laughs> this is not something I want to do at all. This is not, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Right. If I'm going to quit medical school, I, I can't be doing this instead. So I got into the mind frame of proving to myself why proving to myself me quitting school was worth it so this is what this journey was about it was proving to myself that I don't have to follow the traditional route I don't have to follow the safe route I can do this on my own and I can the salary that a cardiologist is, is going to make in a year I can do it a month a quarter of the time in that freedom. So I, I wanted to prove something to myself. That's really where the mind shift came from. 
And I'm really happy that I did. I'm really happy that I believed in myself to do it. And it's just one day at a time. You take it one day at a time. You take it one step at a time. You develop that process for yourself. And you just do it, even when you don't feel like doing it. Mic drop. Get that. That's that's what's up. Before I go into rapid question, this one just I say one first or one sentence. Okay. How dare you think you could be successful like that? How dare you think that big? How dare I not think that big? Mic drop. All right, rapid questions. Okay, we got the last three questions. Would you either win the lottery or work at the perfect job, and why? With the lottery. Why? Because I know I would invest that into something. Next one. How would your friends describe you? In one word or one phrase? In one word? Phrase. Supportive. I like that. What's your favorite zoo animal? My favorite zoo animal? Yeah. Cheetah. Cheetah. She's cheetah. cheetah. I'm playing. <laughs> but why the cheetah though? Why, why cheetah? I, I've always had this fascination with cheetahs. They're just <laughs> so elegant to me. They're elegant. They're beautiful. They, it's just, when they run, it's just, they're so elegant to me. She's like, African, hey. so she was great. She was growing it. She had five of them at home. Yeah. That's, that's the real reason. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll play with y'all, man. So uh, this was a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Lovely having you. Where, where can people find everything that you've spoken about? Thank you. So everybody can find me. I'm actually going to start growing my Instagram page now. So I'll be there mainly, but it is, my handle name is my first and last name. So. Saraya, S-I-R-A-I dot F-A-R-A-H. It's the same for my uh, Facebook, just my first and last name. My podcast is actually going to be launched soon. All right, so that, that is going to be called The Real Estate Cafe. So definitely tune in to that. Thank you for having me. I hope that we have brought some to listeners and definitely check out Femi. He is, he's working on some big things. So I'm, I'm super excited for you. I, I had fun speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And we'll catch you on the next one.